Before we get started with this next episode, if you'd like to support the podcast, please visit anchor.fm forward slash Lilith's Left Hand. There are links for the new website, lilithsleftthand.com, where you can follow the blog and any other happenings at Lilith's Left Hand. You can share on various social media through the Anchor site, and please consider subscribing there at any of your favorite podcatchers and rate and review us if the opportunity exists for you anything you can do to support the show would be greatly appreciated take good care of yourself Welcome back to Lilith's Left Hand Podcast. Uh, We are so excited about talking with you guys today. So I am your co-host, Jessica, and I am here with uh, the lovely, incomparable Emma. Hey. Hello. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited for today. Me too. We had, so Emma and I started a book club and... um, the first book that she gave was one that I had never heard of and I never read. And um, it got us into a topic that we're going to discuss today, and I'm kind of really excited about it. So today we're discussing the devil, the dark man. Yes. Lucifer, Lucifer. Satan. And the green man. Uh-huh. Yes. So all of our you know, all of those things, like this kind of every culture, every, every culture has this idea of like the divine sun, right? Or the divine, I mean, the sun in the sky, not like, yeah, but like the divine masculine. But if we're not going to use a gender, you would, I use sun as the Uh word sun and moon. So like, that divine sun energy. Mm-hmm. So, Emma, let's start by talking about, um, I want to tell you, thank you so much for suggesting this book, The Devil's Dozen, because I am, I live in Oregon. And oh, it's so good, I, isn't it? <laughs> I don't have a history of witchcraft and, in, in, like, traditional British witchcraft is like its own thing yes yeah you know well I think because like Britain's quite a small place oftentimes you forget that um each area has very different practices and like each area is very distinct and each area is very proud to like you have the north and then you have particular areas within the north and then the same so um the book that we did the devil's dozen is very much um based on Cornish witchcraft you know, and there's a long heritage of magic in, in Cornwall. And so it's really interesting. Oh, I loved it because I don't, I don't tend to buy a lot of ritual heavy stuff. Yeah. I like, I mean, I love ritual and I make up my own stuff. What, yeah. Like what we all should. 
Uh-huh. But like, man, looking at what other people do and getting those ideas to like imbue this with, you know, power in different ways. Yeah. I think one of the things I liked about the the rituals in that particular book is that particularly because it's you know the devil's dozen um it's very much about working with the devil the man in black the dark man whatever you want to call him um and oftentimes it can be quite sensationalized or romanticized and what i like about that book it's almost very matter of fact so like the rituals don't get me wrong the rituals are good and they're, they're special but actually they're really good rituals for people who are interested in that path to use because they are just sound do you know what i mean so they're they're a good base yeah it's awesome and it's kind of like if somebody decides they want to do a ritual um and then they're not sure how to feel about it it's good to look at different examples and also even if you do know how to do a ritual for yourself and you do them all the time it's so amazing to look at how other perspectives use that and so i i don't know i loved it so much um because of it it not it wouldn't be something that I would pick up and take home. Yeah. But then I really learned so much from it. And I think that is an important takeaway. Yeah. I think that's one of the really important things about um, book clubs, generally speaking, you know, and it's the same as when I was studying for my English degree. Like I love reading, but I wouldn't necessarily have read half of the books that I had to read for my degree. But in doing so, like I discovered, love of lots of different genres and writers um, from lots of different ages that I wouldn't necessarily have done so and so like I feel like book clubs do the same thing yeah and it's so funny because the world of the occult magic witchcraft all these things there are so many different I mean it's vast yeah amounts and perspectives that you can get into so like and we tend to stick into our lane of what we're using as our practice because, yeah. you know, the, it's hard. We yeah. have a lot of work to do. Yeah, but then <laughs> you know? it's easy to get stuck in a rut, isn't it? it yep. Um, and I think everybody who's been practicing for any length of time will have been in a rut at some point because it's just natural. Yeah, and it's exciting um, to talk with other people about the perspectives on it, um, which is what I like really a lot when, about book club when I say, like, you know, you ask me, like, what do we, what do we think about this? I'm like, oh, and we're kind of bringing up things that I didn't notice. Yes. Um, and I really enjoyed that, too. Oh, me too. It was so good. But- so we weren't even doing this. Yes. Book club, right? So it just happens <laughs> to be. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. But, you know, we chose this subject today to follow on from the book club because it's really I love like folklore and history and all of that kind of stuff um, and myths and legends of which, like I see the Bible stories and what they're based on as being, you know, within that kind of, they fall into that category for me, I suppose. Um, And so looking at this topic is one that I really like um, in a nerdy way because there's so much material. There's so many ways you can explore the figure of the devil, Satan, Lucifer, like, you know, because we use those terms interchangeably quite often in our everyday language without really thinking. But like, are they the same figure? Are they separate? So it's really interesting to delve down into the origins. Or some people will talk about the dark man, but they have some weird, like culturally conceived yeah. notions about yeah. Satan, right? Yeah. So, or the green man yes. um, is this acceptable version of of 
divine sun energy, but somehow Satan is not. Do you know what I mean? There yeah. are those circles that like, yes, well, if we, we the green man, it's acceptable, but the dark man. Hmm. Yeah. And in and a so way, that's... yeah. In a way, I suppose you could look at that through the lens of perhaps um, colonialism and racism oh, and yeah. the spread of Christianity, you know. Um, so almost anything that was not the one true God was a devil. Um so and it's, that's bad. Yeah. yeah. The wild, the God, um, you know, the, the God of the wild hunt, that seems like we can all get down, but then Satan, no, because of the cultural context. There, yeah. You know, so it's really, I, I don't know. I think I find it. Yeah. It's so fascinating. fascinating, fascinating, but shall we start with Lucifer? Because I feel like, you know, we could probably, everybody knows that Lucifer is like the fallen angel you know yes go ahead and let's start there yeah um and i suppose in terms of the left hand path he is the adversary um he is the one who i don't know he's often i don't know because the thing for me is a lot of the time the figure is also romanticized um a lot for people who are into this stuff and i i get i get why you know i get the the attraction um, and extremely sexualized. Yes. Like, well. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just going to put it out there, guys. Like, in addition, it has this, like, extreme – this is a great place to start, actually. I love it. Um, because I do find that we have so many cultural aspects to Lucifer that get sucked into it. Yeah, like kind of that we don't even notice sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you if you start like with the Bible, um, and I'm not a Bible scholar, so any mistakes are my own in my own research. I well, am, <laughs> and and we're not saying that Satan, Lucifer, the Green Man, Dark Man started with the Bible. No yes. one is saying that. We're yeah. just happen to be talking about lucifer first yeah because i think you can't really separate lucifer from the bible you know yeah. especially in countries such as you know the uk or um the us or those places that have a history a long long history of christianity you know um you can't really separate them although you can look at the bible as a source book and the stories taken from it are perhaps taken from or have elements that are much older and predate the bible so there's all of those things and um you know that's the beauty of this topic because it's so interesting you could go you know so far with it yeah and in the book the devil's dozen Gemma gary talks about the church um kind of preserving the idea of of lucifer or satan or the devil mm -hmm. because they they kept it they perverted it. Everything that was freedom, that was fun, that was joyous, that was good, became the devil or Lucifer. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so they, so it was like they saved it for us to know that there was something going on there because they wiped out all of other <laughs> information. So yeah, I, I, I think that's I, – I really like that part. I thought it was really interesting because it is really true. It's like what – what is Lucifer like? Tell me more about Lucifer. Well, yeah. So if we if we look to the Bible stories, you know, we know that Lucifer, I suppose, 
was cast out of heaven for his crimes of vanity and really um because when we look at the story of it he didn't really do anything what we would might consider evil but he sought to put himself either on par with god or above god and of course you know that was not allowed and so that's what he was actually cast down for which you know is it a bit selfish and a bit vain perhaps is that evil no <laughs> but really what we see and i think what draws a lot of people to the figure of lucifer is an act of rebellion against perhaps an unjust authority and i feel like today we can see lots of parallels with that in our everyday lives you know all over the world yes and parallels with lilith like he is the lilith of the story well yeah yeah going against <laughs> yeah. you know the will and word of, of God, who is, you know, the boss, the boss man. Yeah. And you can't have you. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is so funny because this like, well, I'll, I'll talk about it. I was like, cause I think that really the dark man is you finding your inner boss man. Yeah. Right. So we can talk about that, but like I didn't. So we'll talk about that with the dark man. Yeah. But, um, but Lucifer, was he the one that they said had um, demon offspring with Lilith? Or was that, um, I don't know if it was Lucifer or is it Samuel, Samuel, whatever his name is, however you pronounce it, whichever version you're reading. Um, I don't know. I think it depends. It's one of those things where mm -hmm. whichever source you go to, it perhaps uses different figures but i feel like what's important with lucifer is um his because in terms of left-hand practice if we think of the left-hand path as being you know as a god in that you know free will your own will is is important if we think about those things then you know lucifer perhaps is seen as demonstrating his own free will and i feel all of those things really resonate with people and they have done it especially with um the people who have been oppressed or you know downtrodden or you know a lot of the time you see lots of poor people and in lots of poor countries that are christianized you know they really <clears throat> pray to god and you know religion and belief take precedent over kind of money and well-being and those kind of things um, well it's a virtue yes to be, yeah. yes precisely <laughs> whereas for me the figure of lucifer is is kind of you know is the opposite of that it's about and you know of course you can take things to extreme and they become selfish but also in terms of just actually surviving and being alive and pursuing what you want to pursue you do have to have that element of being willful and um direct and perhaps you know believing in yourself well i mean that's the sticking point really yeah um so like say you do the take the left hand path right and you do like that spiral in to yourself yeah to figure your shadows to see things outside yeah. of the cultural context and all of that stuff is well and good it, but if you don't have the confidence and the will to like live in in the yeah. world as you know it to be what's the point yeah and I think that's the kind of because with most things you know there's always extremes to everything 
and I feel like it's the same with the right hand path and the left hand path on the right hand path you might have what we call toxic positivity and on the left hand path we might have like narcissism and um selfishness and all of those things and of course those are always the extremes and I think the people who get to that point you know it's easy to do if you don't have if you don't keep grounded you know yeah you need like that healthy dose yeah both and that's why like if you look at lots of different like look at the tree of life the kabbalistic tree of life where you have the there's the the three pillars Mm -hmm. you know so you're going back and forth yeah so that you can use that middle pillar so like precisely I like starting on the left hand because this is brings also takes me back to that book because the book, um, Emma talks about it as like, um, sorry, I want to, not, not Emma. I mean, Gemma, not you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but she talks about like, you know, um, the devil, the dark man kind of is like, what's the word I want to use? For some people, it's like the daemon that opens you up to your path, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and through knowing this, this, this guy, um, you can meet the goddess, right? And mm-hmm. that is like a good introduction to the goddess. And I mean, she said it in other words, but that's how I perceived it. Um, and so, and I just thought that was so funny because for me, my path is like in, in doing all the goddess work that I've done, which equaled all this like extreme darkness (laughs) was the only way that I could really see that, that, that side that we're looking for that, like, um, the sovereignty of, of yourself that you can use your will. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because for me, that ultimately is what witchcraft is. It's the directing of that will to affect change. Of course, we use lots of things in the, and, you know, we use our will in lots of different ways in order to do that. But ultimately, that's what it is. And for me, witchcraft and the devil also go hand in hand, you know, um, purely because if we look at, um, the Bible and we look at the history of the witch hunts you know whether those women were witches or not and most of the people who were tortured and put to death and accused of being witches weren't you know the vast majority of them were not but you know they were often accused of being in league with the devil and all of that stuff so the history of witchcraft and the devil for me is inextricably linked holy shit Oh my God. So earlier, sorry, everyone. Sorry, friends. (laughs) I just had like, I I just thought about how they are the scapegoats. And then I was thinking earlier, I was reading, I was going through the book because I had some things that I wanted to talk about. Um, And I was sitting at the table with my kids and they were like, oh, look at that goat. Because on the picture of the front, Mm -hmm. there's this goat. And they were like, mom, why the goat? And I I was like, I don't know. I'm going to ask Emma today during the podcast. And when you said that, I was like, oh, shit, we've always been the scapegoats. Like, we've always been the scapegoats for the things that, like, something bad is happening. Um, The people that are trying to make changes in the world, they're the problem. Well, and again, yeah. And again, the scapegoat (sighs) takes us back to um, 
the Bible. Yep. And, you know, because, you know, if we look at what a scapegoat is, if we look at the goat that is offered to, and there's a, give me a moment. Sorry if I should have known that and had that no, already no, no, in my no. head, but like it didn't dawn on me, even though I, I knew, I know, I mean, I've thought about it before, but I never thought about the reason that we yeah. So if we, if we look at goat head. yeah, and if we look at the the idea of the scapegoat, the scapegoat is the goat. So it's not the the goat that is sacrificed to God um, as something pure and an offering like a gift. The mm-hmm. scapegoat has all of the bad things put on it. So it, and like it's a literal goat, so it has all of the bad things put on it, <clears throat> all of the things that you know, and of course. As typical of of man uh, of humanity, all of these bad things are from us. They're all of the things we mm-hmm. create for ourselves, and all of the things we do to other people for those things. So greed and you know all of, and lust and everything, all of the negativity. You know, it's put on the the bad goat, and then that goat is cast out. So then it's cast out to under the the you know. So that is the scapegoat. And then if you think about like who is the biggest scapegoat of all, it is perhaps um, the devil, Lucifer, Satan. Yes, the person in charge of everything that is awesome, fun, <laughs> dancing, uh, ecstatic joy, yeah. sex. So that's um, everything that makes you free. He yeah. is in charge of. He yeah. is the bad. Yeah. And so that's why we associate the devil with, with the goat, um, or at least part of it anyway, because yeah, it's the, the scapegoat um, and it's to cast that. Um, yeah. I swear it hadn't dawned on me until just now. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, because I was thinking like, yeah, I get it. Um, you know, when the when the green man or the dark, like, or when you see um, that divine ma- masculinity as a, as a stag, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me because of the majesty of of like seeing. St- stags yeah. in the wilderness right yeah which i grew up in the wilderness and mm-hmm. so seeing um i what i would call a deer <laughs> outside i mean of course uh, but like um rooting around and eating and moving around is is amazing and i, I could see yeah. how that would go together yeah. but so then whenever um i was thinking about the devil i guess i just hadn't really considered that and yeah. that's really and then of course we could get, take that even further and we can look at uh, if we go to the stories that involve um eve in the garden of eden and the serpent as representing the devil and evil and you know it tempts eve to kind of eat the apple and that's like Mm -hmm. the fall of man right there so we see then the devil again in this animistic kind of way as represented by um something other than humans um and i find what's really interesting though is that in a lot of other um belief systems serpents are actually um they're actually quite important and seen in a positive way. So, for example, in Vodou, um, some of the lower are associated with snakes, um, and and snakes are seen as these magical creatures that um, link the different realms, you know. Yeah, so and they move in an energetic way, like yeah, the movement of them can show you how energy moves between you and other things yes and so we see a lot of yeah. of this we you know we we often picture the devil in or satan whatever you want to because often terms those two in particular are often used in a in a 
way that's interchangeable. Um, but we can see them as being, you know, representative of nature, of other. And I feel like that's important because for me as an animist, I don't see ourselves as being separate from from that. Whereas um, in in Christianity or those worldviews, the devil is something that separates us from God. But in those representations of the devil in different spiritualities actually, you know, represent our connection to that nature and, and all of those things. So to me, it's really interesting. Yeah, because, yes, I totally agree. Like yesterday, I was just kind of meditating on this subject for a while and I was thinking about also the green man so like Mm -hmm. the dark man and the green man the dark man it makes a lot of sense to me yeah as why he is the dark man because that's where you find him yeah you know you can't get to that place Mm -hmm. without removing all of that nonsense like all of the shadow and the cultural conditioning um to be able to like (laughs) everything all the sun energy that before you get to that dark space mm-hmm. is just like a uh, fake lighting from like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like the yeah. Las Vegas strip <laughs> until you, you know, until you get into the darkness. It's just like all of this distraction, distraction, distraction. And that's what also reminds me of the green man. Like why uh, the green man and why in the wilderness? Because when you get out and you are like doing like in the wild, you're becoming you're rewilding yourself. Yeah. You're shedding off all of that cultural conditioning that makes you not be able to yeah. see and, you who know, you are, yes. what is. And it's a process because, you know, for people who aren't necessarily used to being in nature, if you go to the woods, for example, by yourself, even in the daytime, if you're not used to being in the woods by yourself at daytime, you will be wary if not afraid. And then, you know, I can remember the first time I went to the woods at nighttime, like with the intent of doing a ritual, it was terrifying. Do you know what I mean? Even though... Uh-huh. You know, but at the same time as it's terrifying, you know, all of that is just all of the cultural conditioning. And then I think for me to see, I see the green man as, because sometimes, you know, we we talk about that toxic positivity. And if we apply that to the green man, we see it as looking at nature as being, um, we almost replace God, the Christian God, with the green man and his loving yes, and it's all romantic. of that. But, it's so... you know, anyone mm-hmm. who, like, people who live in the country will know that if you go out in nature in the wrong conditions without the right equipment or the right kind of um, clothing, then you're going to be in trouble really fast. Yeah, because... nature doesn't care. Yeah. It doesn't give a shit. I mean, yes. it's just exists. It's not yes. good or bad. Just like the devil is not good or bad. It just like you are not good. Yeah. Or bad. Yeah. You just are. Yeah. It's beautiful and gross and loving and deadly all at the same time. It's all of those things in an yeah, indifferent like, way. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of babies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when people are like, oh, this baby, you're like, they're so gross too. They're yeah. Like, they will poop on you it's disgusting yeah but it's amazing yeah so for for me yes and so for me like the image of the devil or the green man kind of represents all of those elements of nature so it's the good what we might term the good and the bad really they're indifferent um but you know 
it's, and it's not indifferent. I mean, see, even in us talking about this, we have all these cultural conditions yeah. that mean that we have to. Explain. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, like, why is it okay to be indifferent? Well, I mean, if you're just existing in the world and you're worried about your own self, not worried, but you're just living yeah. in the world, um, that's a different kind of indifference yeah, <laughs> than what always we put on it. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. I think it makes sense. I love uh, Green Man stuff. I, Me um, too. I was really drawn to Cernanos from the very beginning of my um, having a practice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's holding a snake. Yeah. And, um, uh, uh, and is the stag and um is found in the in the dark places in the in the wilderness yeah um and so i think of the green man and the dark man to be very parallel ideas um because the dark is when you're going into yourself and you're looking at your shadows and doing all that dark stuff it's the same thing as rewilding it's, yeah. i mean it's the same thing as like running into like the woods by yourself it's really scary um and and so i think that the dark man and the green man have like these really awesome parallel parallels yeah yeah i agree i see it that way as well and that you know just returning to what we touched upon earlier about um the colonialism and racism and all of those kind of things if we look at the spread of christianity we see that the pagan deities, the nature deities and spirits were often seen as um, other. They were other, they were seen as the devil. As, and what's really interesting, so for people who don't know, I also, I'm an Obia woman and I often explain um, Obia as being um, a Jamaican magical slash spiritual practice. And one of the, the spirits we um, we work with in Obia is Sasabonsam. Um, and actually is often described as a devil, um, is often pictured as, like I think one of the famous pictures of him or one of the famous um, images of him is him as an almost vampiric figure with twisted back feet and like a demon face. Um, and <clears throat> some of his titles as well are Lord of Darkness, Prince of Darkness, um, Man in Black. So there's always those links as well for me. Um, and again, I see that as, because it's quite a fearsome figure. It represents the the wild, the wilderness in, in the same way that Serenus does or the Green Man does. Um, but the, the wilder aspect of that. And so, you know, when we talk of the devil and the black man and the dark man, and I'm always reminded of Sasa Bonsam. And, you know, if you if you know about the history of Jamaica and the colonialism um, and the spread of Christianity there, then, you know, it, it all kind of meshes together um, and you see those cross-cultural links, which I find really fascinating. I do too, because if you can look, like, at the different... Like, there's a picture in the book, The Devil's Dozen, and it has, like a sasabansam and a pan figure and this other thing that looks like Cernanos kind of. Um, and they're just like 
similar in the way that we understand that they are this like innate natural like I, I keep thinking the word sovereign like um the part of the culture that is like allowing you to you know like what you look at for yeah. like what it is to be one with yourself and really mindful of the earth and like being really a part of so it's not like I live on the earth it's like a, I'm a part of the earth yes you know what I mean yeah um, and so looking at them they all look so different but you can see how that changes with the cultural context of what you're looking at um, and what the dark looks like yeah. in different contexts you know yes one of the things that also really interests me about the whole Lucifer, devil, Satan kind of thing is how people work with them in their magical and spiritual paths. I find that really fascinating because purely because of the, the scale of differences, you know. So, for example, in um, the book, The Devil's Dozen, it's very much based um, on a traditional British um, witchcraft, you know, and the, the rituals in there are about working with the devil, the man in black. Um, but yeah, it really fascinates me how people, because some people, you know, for example, the satanic temple, I know they are, um, they don't believe in a literal Satan or devil figure, but more it's about the principles that that figure stands for. And I think- Which is the same thing. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. Think it, it, people get all caught up and like, well, you don't actually believe in Satan. And they're like, you don't think that this whole concept is a thing? Yeah. Well, I think with the Satanic Temple, I think it's more... <sighs> I don't know. Um, I don't think it's neg. I'm not trying to say that. No, 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 anything. no. Okay. So they have like their tenets and their mm -hmm. tenets are very much not, are based on some of the things, you know, you teach your kids at school, like respecting others, like freedom of speech, but also don't be a dick. And, you know, all of those actual literal things, um, you know, and I find that really interesting. I, I think what I like about that is it's not what people expect. Oh, for sure. For sure. Every time you see something come out with them, it's always like you Christian people get all up in arms and then they're like, did you even read what they said? Yeah. You yeah. Know? So I can remember no. once on no. um, like the morning breakfast show in the UK, I can remember they had um, the founder on. And I think like the, in the interview didn't go how they expected it to go because it's very rational and gives very rational and logical answers that, you know, you can't really argue with if you're not a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were talking about, did you guys hear in the UK about people talking about the satan satanic temple here um, in relation to like Texas is like banning abortions? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting how they can come up and, uh, and uh, you know, if they, if, I mean, they can be a faith-based organization too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, support women's rights. <laughs> and it's so funny because a long time, I think like 10, 20 years ago, people would have been really upset about that. Yeah. Um, because we were still so <sighs> colonized. 
Yeah. <laughs> or Christianized. I wanted to say Christianized, but really it just feels like more like colonized. Like we all have to have the same belief. Right. And so mm-hmm. now if somebody is talking from the church of Satan, um, a lot of people don't automatically hold it just like devil yeah. worshiping. And of course you know people I mean? shouldn't more, more confuse the church of Satan with the satanic temple. They're like different. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> Just for Sorry. people who might not know. <laughs> yes. It's the satanic temple that was coming out um, with the Texas stuff. So, and I'm not saying, I, I like, I'm not trying to talk about it in any way other than just mentioning that, like, the, that yeah, these things are yeah. really at the fore when, in a way that we might not necessarily think about when we think about the devil and Satan and all of those things. It's the, the reach and, you know, those kind of obscure, well, I guess they're not really obscure, but though, you know, the reach of it is really quite fascinating when you think about it. Yeah, it's funny. It does. It makes me laugh in a little bit of a way that like we can talk about it if it is like culturally acceptable there. <laughs> but like before we couldn't talk about anybody at the Satanic Temple. I we were just earlier talking you were talking about witch hunts and stuff and i'm like like a while ago if you would have said you if you would have used the word satanic temple yeah like in the 80s when i was growing up yeah there was like the satanic panic (laughs) yeah and people were all afraid that all of their kids were like having like i'm not exactly sure yeah i'm not exactly sure what people were afraid of i'm gonna be honest because i was just a kid but we had the satanic panic and like oh my god one time my brother played and this is in the 80s my brother had a bunch of D guidebooks dungeons and dragons guidebooks, oh, yeah. and my mom watched like a dr phil or something <laughs> and she freaked out and threw away his dungeons and dragons books and like broke a, like a metallica cd or I'm sure she would do stuff like that now. But like the culture, I'm like, I'm so glad. So yeah, yeah. So much of our our culture right now is is very, uh, very difficult. Um, (laughs) But I like the fact that uh, the satanic temple can come out and talk and people and and have um, thoughts and ideas on what's going on and people discount it and they listen to it. Well, for me as well, you know, it's... the issue of women's rights is um, in terms of reproductive rights and, um, well, anybody's bodily autonomy is, you know, for me, that's really important. And the fact that it's the the satanic temple coming out in favour of those things, I don't know. Well, I mean, who always helped with stuff like that? I mean, like yeah, in, what, precisely. Cu- in, cu- in many cultures, w- that's a witch's job yeah. to help with that kind of stuff. That's yeah. a woman's witch. Yeah. And even, yeah. And I feel like the devil or Satan is always associated with those liminal places and liminal people. So, like, have you ever heard the story of Robert Johnson, the blues player who apparently went to the crossroads and. Um, met the devil and the devil tuned his uh, guitar and then it was a yeah but then you know so that's a liminal space and the person who was you know on on the edge they had some musical talent but you know um, apparently weren't great before but then what I really find interesting about that story in particular and again speaks about um, the kind of 
the mixing of cultures and the seeping in of things into one another. So, you know, another version of that story is that it wasn't the devil he met, but Papa Legba. You know, Papa Legba, the lower of the crossroad, the guardian of the gate, of in-between spaces. And so, again, we see another kind of link with um, with a being that isn't associated with Christianity, you know? Yes. And it doesn't mean, and I, I don't know, what are your thoughts on this? Because I think this is true. <laughs> Tell me what you think. Um, I think that there are people, and like, let's say that you're talking about this exact example and like it could be him and it was Papa Legba that came to help him with this thing Mm -hmm. um and it doesn't mean that he was attempting to get a hold of Papa Legba or he was like looking specifically for Papa Legba but like that figurehead that kind of help that he needed like Papa Legba being like this because he he's not the same thing as Sasabansam. That's totally different. Yes. So yes. he yeah. Um, so I don't want to say it. it po- that kind of stuff reminds me of like the same thing as like an angel or a goddess, like this intermediary between yeah. things, right? Yeah. So Papa Legba is the one that has all the cultural context in which he lives, and so like all of the energy of what's going on at that time is kind of expressed in their relationship. Does that make sense? So like Yeah. And also like within Voodoo itself, if you look at the figure of Papa Legba, so you know, Voodoo is an initiative uh, you know, you have to be initiated, you have to be um you have to be involved in, in that. You know, you can't just practice it, you can't just decide that you're going to practice Voodoo and just do it. You know, that's not how it works. Um so the uninitiated really can't really work with any of the other lower, but Papa Legba is perhaps the one that is more open to perhaps contacting or being in touch with people who aren't necessarily initiated because he is the lower of the gate, so he's the gatekeeper, he's the lower of the crossroads where all the roads intersect. He knows all the languages of mankind, so he can speak in any tongue. And so, you know is probably the most accessible to people who aren't initiated into the religion. And it reminds me of that like thing where there is like a daemon or the spark of the thing that pulls you into the practice. And like, do you think that Papa Legba could be one of those for people? Like um, the uninitiated, like the thing that you, it doesn't mean you interact but you recognize something. So I've seen like um, people give advice to the uninitiated that suggests that if you were interested and you didn't know where to start, you could perhaps go to the crossroads and leave an offering and you could perhaps ask Papa Legba because he's associated with the crossroads and, and paths and all of that. You could ask him perhaps to open the gate so that in the future you might take steps to take the necessary measures to become initiated. But there isn't, you know, there's no getting past the fact that you have to go through the very real um, process of initiation. For sure. And that is a one, an initiation, this one in particular that you're talking about, voodoo or voodun. Yeah, it depends right? where you, yeah, lots of people yeah. to say it differently. Um, I think voodoo is more the- associated with like New Orleans though, and voodoo is more Haitian. I think. Okay. So that's what 
Yeah. You are, is that what you call it? Yes. The yeah. dune. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a practice that you have to be initiated in within a, by someone. And yeah. Yeah. It was a so, temple. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you buy a mambo or a hungan, you know, by the priest or priestess. Yeah. You can't just like, yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those and things. And then it just reminds me of in this book to it said something about the fact that you can never be self-initiated even if you're doing it um as the only person involved you aren't initiating yourself into any practice yeah Um, spirits are initiating you so there's no self there's no such thing as like self-initiation yes because you're working with a spirit you're working with an energy that is not yours yeah it's such like a I almost said a man way to look at it, but I meant like, <laughs> <laughs> like I meant like patriarchal. Yeah. Um, like I have power over everything kind of way, like colonizer. Like, yeah. Way to look at it. And I think like people forget that, you know, a lot of the initiation processes, it's not just an initiation ritual. It's a lot of learning. It takes place over months under the guidance of a teacher. You know, there's a lot of learning involved in lots of different traditions, not just like African-based traditions, but in lots of different traditions. The initiation process is a period of learning from um, other people and putting in the work. So it's it's not easy, whichever tradition or practice, you know, you, you're wanting to become initiated into yeah and I think for me that's really what um the story of Lucifer or the devil and the devil really show us that these things don't just happen there are no miracles you have to strive for these things yourself and you have to be able to direct your will and you have to be able to kind of face the problems head-on that are going to arise because for me that is what the you know, and when we talk about the adversary, if we look at um, Egyptian mythology, it would be Set or Seth, you know, mm-hmm. that would be the adversary, as opposed to Osiris being the, the sun, you know, the the main man, you know? Yeah. There's always the, yeah, the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. And so the adversary is called so for me because that is what they have to overcome to really step into their own power. They have to, and, you know, we can draw those lessons into all aspects of our lives, really. Yes, for sure. And like, I mean, if you're really trying to have a relationship with the dark man, the green man, certain, whatever you want to call it, you really need to go do a lot of, that is going to require a lot of work to be able to get on on, I'm like, I I think of ter- I think of things in terms of energy, right? Yeah, right. So like, gotta be able to get on like all of this other shit off of us before we can tune in to that that whatever wherever he is, which is also a part of you, right? Like every one of us. Like when I think of left hand path and I think of like for me doing goddess stuff first was really, really important because I it made, you know, Lilith and Isis really like kind of changed 
my brain. Yeah. Um, and thinking things and then like working with Kali and um, Maya and like looking at like the illusions of the world really made a huge difference for me. And mm -hmm. so I don't think that I would be able to like really fully work um, with the dark man having not kind of gone through that self work. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah. that would all be part of like initiating into being able to work with him. Yeah, you know, and if we if we take the view that the dark man, the devil, whatever, is um, the male energy, and what you know, when I say that, and I don't really like using gendered terms for energies, but you guys know what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah, sun, whatever. Yeah, sun. Um, <laughs> you know, for me, if we're looking at things and we're saying this is one part of it, then we have to also look at the other part of it in order to not only learn more about this one part that we're initially interested in because we we have to look at this, this thing from all perspectives and we have to consider the whole as well as each little part you know so it would make sense and if we're not considering if we're not looking at the things outside of ourselves and this is why I think it's like back to about reading books, looking at other people's perspectives, being yeah. open to other people's knowledge. Um, you're not going to be able to, s I was raised in a particular way in a particular culture um, and, or like everyone is. And yeah. if you can't accept that that might not be, a good fit for yeah. the way you want to live your life, you're never going to be able to get to this shit. Like if you think that you know everything and that everything around you is right and, um, and the world works for you. Yeah. Um, or like the culture is a part, like, ugh, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an asshole sometimes. Like sometimes I think that we take on culture as our identity Yes. You know what I mean? And so, like, if you can't sloth off those identities that the cultural yeah. puts on, the culture puts on to you, you'll never be able to know the green yeah. man. He's just going to be some, like, pottery barn. It's always going like, to statue. remain othered. Yeah. Know. This, like, pretty idea. Yeah. Instead of a thing that you can actually work with or feel like as a part of you. Um, because the, I mean, what is the ultimate goal with all of this stuff? Um, to have fun, obviously, to be f to be more free. Yeah. That's why, like, think of all of these awesome um, practices that you are involved in um, that come about by yeah. people who want to be free. Well, why do, why do people practice witchcraft? It's to affect change that they want to see in the world. And it's about achieving those things that you want um, and using lots of different ways of doing that. Sure, and that's working got, outside yeah. of the system to do the thing that you know. Yeah, well, for, for many people, if we look at the history of witchcraft and who it was practiced by, and often those people who were on the edge of society anyway, for uh, yes. for those people for whom society didn't work for them, you know, if you're the 1% and you benefit from society um, massively at the cost, why would you change it? So for me, the people practicing magic, the people affecting change through um, occult means are people who are othered by the system themselves. And I think that there are more and more of us 
looking at witchcraft yeah. for the to be the tool to help yeah. with that. I mean, then there's a lot of different ways people can do that. I mean, I know people that study like yoga and tantric yeah. yoga and get all of this kind of like um balance between the masculine and the feminine or the sun and the moon i mean isn't it the same thing as the alchemical wedding yeah <laughs> like the bride like that is like yeah. the feminine and the masculine the sun and the moon combining together to for gold or like for that halo for that aura that is like the thing that we're looking to be balanced between and I think that it's really interesting that I love the the witchcraft, for me, version of of finding your way or, like, climbing up that mountain because it works for me. Sorry. That was my phone got a text, and then it made everything weird because I put it – oh, my God. Okay. So I would have probably edited this out. But like, <laughs> So we had all this weird scratchy shit just now. And I got a text and you know what it says? <laughs> I don't know anything except for like Mercury retrograde. <laughs> I just started laughing. <laughs> uh, guys. Uh. Well, I don't know, Emma. Like, I feel like this is a good conversation. Like, I'm really yeah. excited. Like Me too. And like one of the fav one of my favorite fun things about like the devil and Lucifer mythos and all of that kind of stuff is like in pop culture because I like um films and TV and books and oh, all of yeah. those things. And so like I'm particularly drawn to like um those that contain stories based around the figures of um Lucifer, the devil and Satan. And like so for example, my all time favourite film is The Witch. You and I haven't see even seen it. Oh, please see it. You know, with like uh -huh. Black Philip. Like I have a Black Philip tattoo. <laughs> That's yeah. how much I love that film. Um, everyone should see it. It's the best film ever. I won't give any spoilers, but just watch it. Did you watch Sabrina on of Netflix? Of course, yes. Of course. Of I know, course. people want to shit on it. I think it's oh, great. Oh, no, it's I fun. I love watching it. And of it. course, like, as a, as a, I was born in the 80s, but the 90s really was my era. And of course, for me, like, and lots of people, Sabrina, you know, the TV show that was on Nickelodeon, Sabrina, of course I had to watch the new Sabrina. And I <laughs> loved course. it. I loved it. <laughs> yeah and they're and, and there they have lucifer and zizel yeah all kinds of great it's stuff. so much fun it's I fun it. like i really one of the things that really pisses me off sometimes is when people get mad about like tv shows like oh they didn't represent this person or this thing in the right way i'm thinking for god's sake it's a t it's not a documentary it's a tv show it is a like, TV it's fun. show. Just enjoy I'm it. like, have you read the Bible? Like, do you <laughs> see how they portray women? But yeah. people still read that shit. <laughs> like. <laughs> and of course, did anybody ever watch, it was also on Netflix, Salem. I loved that show. It was no, so good. I didn't watch it. And of course that had um, Lucifer in, um, the devil, witches. So good. Obviously, it's about um, Salem back in back in the day of the witch trials and all of that kind of stuff. Really good. Everyone should watch it. Oh my gosh, I'll totally, I'll totally watch it. And I, I really like it because it's one of those shows that is gritty in that there's no like good or bad in that everyone 
are just trying to survive in that harsh time. So the characters who you love also do shitty things. Oh, I want, you know, I it's one of those that. kind of shows. I love that one. Everybody should watch it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other witch shows that I want. I, I like. I have a billion gazillion fantasy, like sci-fi, or you know, fantasy. Yeah, things about witches, but I can't think of any of the other other shows except for Sabrina and um, there was that. What is that horror show called? Like, is it uh, that horror show? American like, Horror Story. Yeah, American Horror yeah. Story had some had some good seasons too, yeah. which I thought were really interesting. Um, yes. And then how I, I so Emma before we were talking introduced me to uh, you know talking one of my about favorite bands. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> I love them. Tell They're great. So they are called Twin Temple, and they sing satanic doo wop. And they are awesome. Like I, I love them. I'm a proper fan girl. <laughs> you guys, I listened to this after she told me, and I was really, really excited. Um, and there is the song called "Satan's a Woman," and it's so good. And there's well, they have a lot of songs yeah. like "Lucifer, My Love," and um, but like perfect for this topic, but also a sounds really great yeah and it's just something different you know i have eclectic musical tastes um but if i can find anything kind of occultish slash satanic slash all of those things yes well yeah because a lot of like you think i mean i can think of a lot of bands that have um satanic topic right yeah <laughs> or like and it's it's a lot of metal yeah but for we example don't always want to listen to metal yes we might want to listen to some doo-wop yeah and i really appreciate and, that you know even for if you like because i also like classical music a very eclectic taste and like one of my favorite classical albums is by a composer called peter grundy uh, or grundy um and it is called goesha so that's like one of my favorites too so I have like okay. I have a court themed music for every musical mood I'm feeling. <laughs> I love that. I think that's so like I yeah because I um I don't m- listen to like music that makes that's like really heavy anymore. Yeah. Like ah, I can't I cannot yeah. do that shit. Like it's just I need to be chill. That's why I like things yeah. like chill hop. <laughs> <laughs> And stuff. So I get excited when I can hear this music. Um, like doo-wop, very exciting. So yes. it's going to be on my rotation now. But and but there are a lot. We'll have to talk about that sometime and just put a little playlist together of fun. Oh my fun, gosh, wishy. we should totally do that. Yeah, because I have a bunch on my liked songs, and I was just like, oh yeah, let's yeah. make. A I feel playlist. like we could do a whole episode on like witchy pop culture. I think that would be fun. Let's do it. Let's do that. And then we have to do research for it, which is great. Oh, no. It'll soon be raining. And then I'll be like, oh, you guys, got to watch this movie. Get out of here. Oh, so I hope that everybody listening feel like I for I don't know. I grew up Catholic and so like the devil and Satan was something that we were like, you know, it was scary. Yeah. It was scary shit. Yes. Um and I, you know, and I'm a different person now and then I'm like reading this book and looking at the dark man and I'm really talking about it and I've been putting a lot of um ritual effort 
and two, getting in contact uh, with the dark man. And, um, and that's been going really well. I mean, like I'm feeling (laughs) super good about it. And, um, and that's good because it's all that stuff that I, you know, like you get to the, you know, you get to yourself and you're looking at yourself and who do you want to be and what do you believe in? What do you want to step out of? What do you not give a shit about? Um, and then, so here you are in the void and the nothing and the darkness, (laughs) right? Yes. And then you could call on or comes up to you like the dark man or like this innate I amness. Yes. Like you're worthy of taking up space. And of course, like then it comes out as like, well, yeah, is that vain? <laughs> Being worthy of existing without your influence? That's not vain. No. That is me understanding that I am worthwhile and I am allowed to live without the 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 whatever fucking crazy energy <laughs> and and rules and self-righteous nonsense that people are push, pushing onto me because like, well, we think this. I'm like, I don't even, you know, yeah. care. And so I think that a part of a practice, I, I'm so grateful to having really thought about this in this like having this book come up in book club and then really putting so much thoughts into it and like putting energy into it. Um, it's, it's super transformative for my practice. It's great. Yeah. And I think that's, that's key to like the figure of the devil, isn't it? It's about transformation, the transformation of self by self. Yeah. I'm a bit of a rebel at heart. So I love it. (laughs) Well, anybody that's listening to it, this is probably a bit of a rebel at heart. And that's why we're out here on the, on the fringes of society, (laughs) um, holding hands with the devil, you know? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Satan's my name. I can make you sin. I can make you feel pain. I can twist. I can make you seduce.